Hello, everybody. We are so excited for this new episode. We have Angie Claussen with us from I Am Second, which is a nonprofit out of Dallas, Texas, along with one of her friends, Megan Patrick. And Megan is an amazing person. You will love her story. She has a story of triumph, a story of surviving domestic violence and domestic abuse. And she also just shares with us one of her favorite songs from her album, a song that has been instrumental in her transformation. And um, I think that you're really going to love it. So please, please, please stay until the end of the podcast. You will hear Megan debut this song, and I think you'll really love it. Subscribe, share this episode with your friends, and uh, give us some feedback. Let us know what you think. We hope you enjoy. Talk soon. Bye. Welcome to another episode of Wonder Lab Podcast. We have the privilege of recording this from inside of a barn <laughs> in Jackson Hole, Wyoming at Heaven on Earth Festival on the Diamond Cross Ranch, which is really amazing. So, But we're doing a partnership podcast between Wonder Lab and Heaven on Earth, just telling the stories of the people that make up this incredible festival, those that have been coming regularly, artists that are coming in and sharing their gift and their stories as well. And uh, we have a really incredible podcast to set yeah, up. We've ready. got, I mean, this is, this is, Des, can you just do the introductions? I think that it's, Absolutely. you should set it up. Because you know Angie, because I've heard Angie's <laughs> name, but I feel like it's because we looked at each other yesterday and I just, I think you introduced yourself to me. Angie? I did, I did. And, and I said, oh, I'm Blaze. And she goes, I think I know you. And I said, are you An the Angie? Everybody's talking. And so we had and that. And I said, are you the Blaze? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. So well, I think it's good. Yeah. So well, go. we have Angie Clausen here from yeah. I Am Second, a nonprofit yeah. organization out of Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. And we out have of Dallas, Texas, actually. Dallas, Texas. Yes. Mm -hmm. But you live, I live in, in Franklin, Tennessee. Yeah. I live in Nashville, Franklin. Yeah. 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 And then we have Megan Patrick, a singer songwriter. Rising country superstar. Rising country superstar, <laughs> who is a gift to this festival. So thank oh, you for taking the you. time. Thank you for being here. We're so grateful. Make you played last night and absolutely killed it. It was thank just you. phenomenal. So. Well, I'm I'm just really grateful to be here. Is, uh, so is this your first time coming to this ranch, Megan? Yes, it is. And now I never want to leave. <laughs> it, it, there's something very captivating about being on the property, and I mean, yeah. obviously, just being in Wyoming as a whole, but. Uh, you grew up in Canada. Where did you grow up in Canada? I did. Um, Southern Ontario, so a small town called Bowmanville, about an hour east of Toronto. Similar topography to this? Kind of similar or just... We don't have the mountains. Oh, we have okay. a lot of really beautiful lakes and forests and stuff like that, but yeah, we, we did not get the mountains. you got to go further west for that. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Angie, this is your first... No, so the second year coming, correct? Third. 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 Oh, you've done all three years. I she have. was the OG. Oh, no, I remember the first year, but I wasn't because we weren't here the second year. So sometimes there's like a little bit of a gap. But what keeps drawing you back to the festival? You know, it's a perfect place for I'm second to be. Mm. And um, I feel like a lot of the mission of the festival is for people to come and encounter God through unexpected people, unexpected mm. ways, and unexpected places, which is the mission of I'm Second. Mm -hmm. Can you, go, obviously one of the reasons why you're here is to, to really talk about, I know you're doing tomorrow's Sunday morning service yeah. and really sharing more about that, for, but for a listener who's, uh, who's never heard of I'm Second, what is that? I'm Second is a media ministry. I'm Second.com is the ministry. So that's all it is. It's a website. But on that website, <coughs> we like to host 
We offer a platform to people of influence to tell their story, how God is first in their lives mm. and how they live a life of second. So we encourage people to live a life of second, mm. to embrace a lifestyle of living second by putting God first. And a lot of people say, well, what about third, fourth, fifth? You know? <laughs> I'm like, you know what? It's hard for us as humans to like compute even being second, yeah, <laughs> not true, being true. first. Yep. Like, let's start with second because honestly, Romans talks about once you put God first in your life, Absolutely. everything else takes its proper place. How did you get connected with I Am Second? What's, what's, what's the genesis of this organization and so how it started? The founder of I Am Second is Norm Miller. He's the chairman of Interstate Batteries. Norm lives in Dallas. And um, he had given a lot of resources to an organization called E3 Partners, which is the mother of I Am Second. Mm -hmm. E3 Partners has planted a lot of churches throughout the world. And Norm, one day through his quiet time and just reading the Bible, felt God say to him, hey, you've done a lot. You've given a lot to make a difference throughout the rest of the world. But what have you done in your own Jerusalem, in your own backyard? Wow. And through that, Norm answered, and he's like, well, what do you want me to do, God? Mm. And um, and he, Norm being a marketing guy, he sells batteries for interstate batteries. And um, anyway, being a marketing and having that mind, and this is how, like, if you meet God, he'll meet you where you are. So and through scripture, he Norm read the scripture, if I be lifted up, I will draw a man unto myself. Mm. And had I read that, I would have thought something different. Norm read it because God was doing a work in his life. And Norm said, if I be lifted up, I do. Are you telling me you want me to do a billboard campaign up high throughout the entire city? Oh, wow. <laughs> and God said, yes. He's like, all right, all right. So then he thought, okay, I'm going to take these Dallas Cowboys and, you know, Texas Rangers, all these players who are known for being first, who are believers, and I want them to say, I am second, mm. and God is first. So through that, he came to three partners, which was, you know, a trusted organization for him that he had given money to and done work with. And he said, hey, can y'all help me do this? Wow. I want to do this. And quickly, like God just downloaded what it would be to the two guys he spoke with. So... I come in because I was a public school teacher for 23 yeah, years. Yeah, so your background's not in ministry. Your background no, not is not at in this. All. So it's what in was education, the, yeah. yeah. And but a girl I taught was one of the first hires they did as an executive assistant. And she called me. At this point, I live in Nashville. And she called. She's like, hey, we're going to do these videos and we need music. And, you know, do we need to license the music? And I was like, well, is it original? Is it, you know, there were just a lot of questions. And then it was because I lived in Nashville. It's like, well, do you know so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so? Yeah. And because so -and -so? and they were looking at then expanding beyond just athletes into, you know, other areas of influence as well. Yeah. So that's kind of the conception of I Am Second. And it was one man who said yes to God and who had a conversation through Scripture that's with powerful. the Lord. That's wow, that's powerful. What's the impact that you've seen so far? I mean, what are oh some of the gosh. stories? Uh, just like how is it? How has this one simple thought, which obviously mm -hmm. it's a simple thought, but it's a hard, yeah, it's a hard outworking for mm -hmm. us to lay down ourselves and lay down our lives in a sense for mm -hmm. others and really f yeah. for Christ. Like I'm a very small part of the organization, but the organization, we've had over 200 million views Are you on our films. And, you know, just I could bore you with a lot of stats, but I think the impact of the organization, when I look, I believe like what you're doing 
a lot of times if your family doesn't believe in it if those closest to you don't believe in it um like you need to rethink and and if so i was fortunate that i'm second became and that's what actually that's when i bought into it when i saw how it worked in my kids lives oh wow and so this is where like I'd love to insert Megan because our neighbor at the time was Megan's husband. And um, oh, wow, what a small what, world. That's a very, so I knew you guys knew each other yeah. from Nashville. I didn't yeah. realize that's the connection yeah. mm-hmm. in that regard. Megan is family. So anyway, we, cool. we, the lifestyle brand is like wristbands that say I'm second, t-shirts, hats, all of that. And so because the, my kids then had all the merch, then Mitchell ended up, who's Megan's husband, mm-hmm. with the merch as well, Debbie, Megan's mother-in-law, you know, and we're all wearing the merch. Mm. And I'm going to fast forward a little bit, and then Megan can come into the story. Yeah. But as I fast forward, um, we held I'm Second Small Groups. So a small group oh, would wow. be you watch a film, and then you each film has a discussion guide to go with it. So we would watch a film, and then we'd go over the discussion guide. So our neighbors were there and other close friends. Mm-hmm. And through that... Um, Mitch, Mitchell's dad, during that time, kind of rededicated his life, and wow. he put the wristband on, wow. you know, and he he just walked the walk. It was beautiful. And um, anyway, unfortunately, Mitchell's dad later was diagnosed with cancer, mm-hmm. and he died. And at his funeral, we handed out wristbands. I'm gonna fast forward beyond that to a couple months ago. My husband called me and he said, hey, you need to come home. And I said, okay. I said, what's going on? He said, we, he said Mitchell just texted, we need to meet him at the river at 6. Megan's be, being baptized. Yes. <laughs> so, so this is a couple months ago. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I wow. show up to the river with some white, I'm second wristbands. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, so that's like, oh, when you talk beautiful. about the impact of the organization, um, you know, it's, it's just encouraging, live it out. We encourage you to live a life of second by just putting God first. And, you know, it's Megan's story to tell, but it's such a beautiful story about how that happened for her. And um, anyway, Megan, I think it's a beautiful example. (laughs) Thank you. It's funny that we started a conversation prior to Mm -hmm. starting to record this. And and Des looked at you in the middle. It was like, we should stop right here and (laughs) wait for the microphones to be on. But you were kind of saying that you ended up in Nashville about mm-hmm. seven years ago. Mm-hmm. You weren't running, but you were kind of running. Kind of. What's the? Yeah. Um, so part of it, I unfortunately ended up in a very abusive relationship that honestly was was going to take my life eventually if I didn't get out. And <clears throat> it was. Um, it was extremely isolating when I finally decided to come forward and go to the police because I was scared and um, I wasn't being left alone even after I had left him. And um, I, I mean, I thank God for the police officer that I, that I spoke to because I really do feel like he went above and beyond to give me the courage to come forward and um, make my statement. And he told me, well, I'd initially called the police because he had um, broken into my camper trailer and destroyed it, 
pretty sure he tried to set it on fire and did some other pretty disturbing thing, disturbing things. And it scared me. And I called the police and he told me, he asked me when he was interviewing me because I told him that I knew who it was. And he said, has he been abusive? And at the time I was sitting in my kitchen with my parents there and they had no idea what I'd been, I hadn't told anybody. I was ashamed and I just, you know, I knew that the second I told somebody I really had to leave and I was, I didn't know how to do that yet. And I was ashamed that I was even in that situation because before that I was the kind of girl that was like, I would never be with a guy that would hurt me, that would abuse me, that would, you know, I didn't understand the mentality and the manipulation and yeah. everything that, that goes into it. It does not just happen all of a sudden. It, it starts with emotional, um, verbal abuse and it breaks down mm -hmm. your sense of self and your self-esteem and they slowly lead you to believe that you don't deserve better, that you can't do better mm -hmm. and that it's your fault. Mm -hmm. And then it turns physical. And by that point, it's so much harder to leave. I mean, yeah, if he started physically abusing me right away, I would have been out of there, yeah. but it didn't happen that way. And, um, so the police officer, you know, when he asked me that question, my parents kind of looked at me and, and I said, no. And he says, okay. So, well, do you mind just walking me out? And I said, yeah, sure. And we walked outside and he looked at me and he said, I have a strong feeling that there's more that you're not telling me and I can understand maybe you haven't told anybody and that's why you didn't say anything in there. But he said, if that is what's going on, I need you to know I'm not trying to scare you, but you should be scared because he's not, it's only going to get worse until you stand up to him mm. and you do something to put a stop to it. And so I finally broke down and I told my parents what had been happening. And I went to the police station the next day and I made my statement and he was arrested. And um, he, <coughs> when he was released, he, they, he had a restraining order and they told me at the time, if he breaks the restraining order, he'll go to jail until the court date. Well, he did break the restraining order and um, you know, came into a bar where I was threatened to kill me, said he was going to burn my house Jeez. down. Um, I mean, there were witnesses. Everybody saw it. And then drove drunk across town and parked outside of my house. And when I got home, his car was parked there, but he wasn't there. So I didn't know where he was. <coughs> and my dad, my sister, I guess, had told my dad about what had happened. And he called me. He said, you have to go to the police. He's not going to leave you alone. Because I was just terrified. I'm in a small town. Everybody already knows about this. Everybody was already picking their sides the people that didn't believe me that said I lied. And let me just tell you that going to the police did not make my life easier. It made it 10 times worse yeah. for a long time. And all I could think was, well, if I go to the police, he's going to go to jail and everyone's going to blame me. His family's going to hate me. You know, it was just really <coughs> complicated. But my dad kind of said, like, I really don't care. I care about protecting you and, and we need to go. Yeah. So I did. And, um, he was arrested again, and he was released the next day. So I spent almost a year waiting for the court date, honestly, just in fear all the time. My anxiety was just out of control, and I was so isolated because there's only so many places you can go. It's true. You're in a small town, <laughs> in a small and everybody kind of knows each other. And, um, you know, and I, I didn't really want to go out. I didn't want to drink because my anxiety was so bad. So I, w I was sober for a long time and um, I got a dog and that was, 
The yeah. only thing that really yeah. saved me, I just spent a lot of time with my dog, and I still have her. That's my sweet Annie girl. And you didn't <coughs> grow up in a Christian I did house. not. So it's not like there's a faith component at no. this point. Like, so you're just yeah. kind of, you're That's on your own. You got you, yeah. got you and a dog in a small in. town. Yeah. Kind of. It's me alone in the same apartment where he had abused me. And I, one night, I just, it just, I was driving somewhere and I thought I saw his car and I pulled over and had a panic attack and I just was so broken and so desperate and I was like, I don't know what to do. And I thought, I'm like, well, some people pray, (laughs) I guess, like maybe I'm going to try that. Mm. And I didn't really, you know, my only understanding of, of religion or God or faith was honestly, unfortunately, a lot of really bad stereotypes that you see in movies and TV shows and and things like that. And so... (coughs) It was, I was like, I don't even really know how to pray. So I kind of was just like, hey, God, (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm coming to you a little late and maybe it's too late and maybe, maybe you don't want to talk to me. And, but I just, I got to get out of here. I I just want to feel like myself again. I just want to feel safe again. And it was like this private thing that I, it was like this little secret that I had because I didn't have anybody that I could talk to about it. (coughs) And um, you know, eventually it, it became, it was hard for me to stay there. And, um, eventually I had the opportunity, things were taking off with my, my music career. And I had been down in Nashville a bunch to write songs. And, um, I think that God just put it on my heart that that's where I needed to be. And it just, I just remember the day I, I drove down to Nashville. I drove with my guitar player at the time, Oliver. And like, it was like, I got there and I just felt like this weight off of me. Like I really did feel safe for the first Mm -hmm. time Mm -hmm. in years. And um, the first people that I met um, were my friends, Casey Tyndall and Lainey Wilson, who are both country singers. Literally like the first night I'm talking, had driven 14 hours, went to go get a beer with my friend Oliver and I, I run into them and Casey and I had followed each other on social media, but we didn't know each other. We just, she was like, you, I like your music. You seem cool, you know. And she comes up and she's like, Megan, what are you doing here? I thought you lived in Canada. And I was like, <laughs> well, as of today, I live in Nashville. Oh, my God, you need to meet my friend Lainey. Like, you're like a real country girl. You need to come out to our house and hang out. And she, you know, we exchanged numbers. And it, it was like God saying, here you go. I'm proud of you. You made the move. You did this. And here are the best friends. Here are your sisters for life. And not only were they just great friends, but but they were believers and they were exactly what I needed to help me on this path because I, I had no one to talk to about it. I had all these questions. I didn't know what I was doing. I just know that I, I wanted it. I wanted to believe and I wanted to take this path. And um, I mean, the number of times that they've prayed over me and we've, we've talked for hours about it and mm. um, they were just such a big part of that. And I wanted to share a story about one of the songs I played last night called Praying Right. And so the day I wrote that song, I was, it was just really like heavy on my heart. And I was nervous about even writing this song, let alone playing it, because at this time I had never even really like publicly declared my, my belief. The only people that knew were, you know, Lainey and Casey and a few close friends. And, but I wrote this song and when I left that ride, I, I just felt like I knew that we had written something really special. Mm. And I called my friend Alex, who was one of the writers, and I said, hey, um, I'm doing this writer's round tonight, and I just I feel like I've got to play this song. Will mm-hmm. you come and play guitar for me so I can just really? sing? And so she said, yeah, absolutely. So 
we get to this round and I play the first song and I start talking and introducing the second song. I play it and I mean, by the end of the first chorus, it was like you could hear a pin drop in the room and it, you could just feel everyone was really listening and you don't get that very often in Nashville, let alone in a bar, you know? Yeah. Right. And I finished the song and I was like tearing up and I looked over and Casey and Laney were standing next mm. to the stage crying and I didn't, they didn't even, I didn't even know they were coming. They didn't even know I was yeah. playing. They had been walking down the street. They were going to a hockey game and they were going to just get a drink somewhere. And our friend said, hey, you know what? Megan's playing. Let's go say hi to her. And I mean, I wrote that song so much because of them. Like they gave mm. me the courage to write that song and mm. to speak about it. And I mean, if that wasn't God, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, sending them in there at that time, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Well, I have to say, I am so grateful that you are brave enough to come forward because your, sto your story, your testimony is going to help so many people. That's and you actually hope. have no idea. Like what God has started in you, yeah. he's actually going to show <laughs> off in a, in a really beautiful way. Mm -hmm. And I'm just so excited that you have taken the time to be a guest here of and share the story with others. Yeah. Because the goal is always that we would en enrich people mm -hmm. through storytelling yep. and that people would just be inspired and motivated to follow after God. I, I hope that that's what this will do. I mean, if there's even one woman out there yeah. who feels like she doesn't have a way out, mm -hmm. there is a way out. Yeah. God will be there. He will provide for you. He yeah. will He will get you where you need to be. You all you got to do is ask. Yeah, that's so good. That's fantastic. Uh, just really quickly, just like on the music front, what do you've got? What do you have going on musically? Like where you, I know you're touring, you're doing mm -hmm. a lot of radio stuff right now. Mm -hmm. What's kind of on the horizon for you? Um, well, I just put out an EP in May, and um, <coughs> excuse me, we. Uh, we just went in and cut some new music. I've got some more new music nice. coming in September and then again in the fall. And, um, yeah, just trying to get out as much music as I can and, and tour. I've got a, a single, a duet that just came out with Michael Ray. No way. And um, it's been doing really well. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying to play as many shows as I can, get some yeah, music cool. out, make some new fans. That's, That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, you have two new fans here. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes, we're hey. in. We're, we're, in. we're all in. I'll download it. all the music. Which, you which know. is such it. a bummer because we just found out you're going to be kind of in Connecticut. Yes. And we're going to be in Texas. I know. So, like, <laughs> this just doesn't work out the way yep. that we planned. But um, thank you guys so much. Thank you, uh, thank Angie, you. for just sharing about I Am Second. Thank you, Megan, for sharing your story. And I, I'm, I second Des. I think God's just doing going to do extraordinary things, not only through your music because you're such a gifted artist. Thank you. But I think that music is also a catalyst to stories. Mm -hmm. And great. what's so good about country music is it's storytelling. Mm -hmm. And I think that you'll be able to weave all of that together and just really tell incredible stories about God's grace, mm -hmm. his incredible love and mercy yeah. and kindness and, and mm -hmm. his provision to the day you moved to Nashville to set you up with two great girlfriends mm -hmm. that you can just that literally teach you yeah. and kind of go along that journey of life and faith and stuff. Yeah. It's awesome. And uh, we're you. excited. And stick around. I know you're playing it. We're going to record you playing a song. Okay. I don't know if it's the song you just talked about or if you're playing something different. No, I'll play that one. You want to play that yeah, one? Yeah, I think, I think it seems uh, appropriate. I think yeah. it seems appropriate. <laughs> That's so good. So we're so excited. So don't go anywhere. We're going to take a break for a second. But for y'all that are listening down the road, it'll just be a blip and then we'll come back. So thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. All right. As promised, we have Megan Patrick playing her song
that she wrote that she talked about in the pre in just this previous recording called praying so megan take it away <coughs> all right this is called praying right My friend called me someday and asked me if I wanted to go. Pardon me, wanted to, and pardon me, didn't know. Can I wear my boots and jeans? Will everybody stare at me like they know how long it's been? I've got questions. Cause I've been treating my soul like an old run-down shack All my demons living rent-free on my back So when I walk in with all my sins I know I won't blend in But can you forgive me? I've got questions can I sing Amazing Grace with last night's whiskey on my breath? Do I deserve your love with a little bit of faith I've got left? Am I saying the right things? Am I getting through? Is it too late to turn to you? I'm trying, Lord, I'm trying to find a light. Tell me, am I praying right? I can't quote the verse, but I heard there's one that says It all have fallen short, so maybe I still have a chance And it's heavy on me, the shame I feel for not giving Thanks for my blessings Am I worthy of an answer? I've got questions Can I sing Amazing Grace With last night's whiskey on my breath? Do I deserve your love With a little bit of faith I've got left? Am I saying the right things? Am I getting through? Is it too late? turn to you i'm trying lord i'm trying to find a light tell me am i praying right do i have to hear my knees and raise my hands in church on sunday or do you still hear what's in my heart when i'm praying in my own way
tell me in my plain mind. Hey, thanks for sticking around. If you want to hear more music from Megan Patrick, head to the show notes. You're going to find links to her Instagram, Spotify, iTunes. Download her music. Find out where she's playing. Go and support her because she's awesome. As well as there's going to be information about I Am Second and what Angie Clausen is up to. Guys, we love you. We look forward to releasing more podcasts coming soon. Uh, we hope everybody's doing well, and we'll talk soon.